Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome back to Gadget Reason Radio here on Anchor FM. My name is Sean. I'm your host, and it is Monday, July 17th, 2017. So let's go ahead and get you guys caught up on the world in tech in today's tech download. And we're going to start things off with some fun tech news today. Atari has released some more details about the Atari Box console that they started teasing at E3. This, of course, is Atari's answer to the NES Classic and SNES Classic editions from Nintendo. Now, you could definitely make the argument that Atari was the sort of grandfather of modern video game industry, and they definitely came before the NES was ever around. Now, so far, the only details we have about the Atari Box is that it will come with an SD card slot and an HDMI port and four USB ports. Now, the interesting thing about this box is the fact that Atari games are definitely older and a lot more simplistic than, say, games from the NES or the SNES. So the big question is, what kind of replay value do you think this device is going to have? Because you're taking a pretty big step back. I can still sit down with an NES game or a SNES game and probably get dozens upon dozens of hours of gameplay and entertainment out of it. I don't know that I can say the same for the Atari 2600 games, so it definitely would be something I could see buying for the sort of archival or entertainment or novelty of having some type of sort of museum of gaming history, but I don't think I will get a ton of gameplay out of it, which is going to probably mean that the price point is going to have a big impact on how many of these get sold. I think if they price it really aggressively, something around maybe $39 to $59, I could see people buying it, but because of the lack of the replay value, I don't think people are going to want to pay $79.99 for the Atari box. Let me know what you guys think about that, and if this is something you'd be interested in picking up, you can either hit that call-in button or find me on uh, social media. You can find me on Twitter or Instagram. Hunt me down at Gadget Reason, and just post a comment with the hashtag Gadget Reason Radio. I'd like to try and start archiving all of the comments or things that people post to my social media that are coming from anything you heard on Anchor FM. So yeah, let me know what you guys think. Next up, we have some more iPhone 8 rumors. It just wouldn't be summer if we weren't getting our daily dump of iPhone 8 rumors or leaked images, would it? Well, today comes another story from BGR that claims that the latest round of images that we had started to see last week from the iPhone 8 leaks might be the closest and most realistic uh, renderings of what that device is going to look like. Now, I would probably say that that's pretty accurate just based on the fact that we are getting pretty close to the point of no return for Apple. At this point, they should have the design pretty well nailed down because they obviously need time to make sure that they can build up inventory levels to meet the demands of the launch, which is basically right around the corner in October. So the final design kind of reveals a few things that I think were sort of important, uh, at least in terms of my opinion on what the iPhone 8 needs to accomplish. And the biggest one, of course, is the Touch ID. fingerprint sensor. Now let's talk about the reason why I think this is important both to consumers and to Apple. The fingerprint sensor was reported to be originally something that Apple was trying to embed into the glass of the OLED display, but all reports from multiple different sources have been reporting that that seems to be uh, probably something that's not going to happen just because that technology is relatively new and has not been truly perfected yet. And Apple is probably going to want to try and avoid having another iPhone gate situation. We obviously had bend gate and antenna gate and all these different 
things that have happened to sort of cause the Apple launches to have some issues. And I think the last thing that they want is some type of touch ID or fingerprint gate. So I think that Apple would probably want to go with something that's a little bit more tried and true. And the thing that I think people were afraid of, and I specifically have spoken about, was moving that fingerprint sensor and that touch ID sensor to the back of the phone, basically mimicking what Samsung and other phone manufacturers on the Android side of things have been doing, would be a huge blow to Apple, both in terms of their innovation reputation, as well as I think customer expectations for Apple being able to come up with new solutions and new design concepts that haven't been done before. So the latest rumors now are suggesting that the Touch ID sensor might actually get moved to an elongated and slightly more pronounced power button that's on the side where your thumb normally goes when you're holding the phone facing you. Now, to me, this would be a great compromise in a solution because my thumb is naturally resting in that position anyway. So it would certainly make transitioning to unlocking the phone in that manner pretty easy to do. And I think it would be a at least a new innovative idea that no other phone manufacturer has really done yet up to this point. That would also mean though that we have to find a new solution for the actual home button. And this is where I think we're mixing some of the rumors that have been circulating around for months now. And I think that the home button could obviously be easily put into the screen in the same position it is now, just as a virtual button. It's just a place where you press your thumb and you get some of that same uh, haptic feedback that you've been getting from the newest version of the iPhone that doesn't have a physical button itself. So it's not too much of a difference from what we've been using if you've been using an iPhone 7 or 7 Plus. And I actually think that on the larger size version of the iPhone, the home button would actually be easier to press if it were in that power button um, sort of resting position where my thumb normally might go. And if the Touch ID was embedded in there, I think that would make a really smooth transition. And it would certainly be better than Apple abandoning Touch ID altogether and going to a facial recognition type unlock, which was rumored last week. I think that would be a huge mistake. I spoke about that previously, and I think this is a better option for Apple. So let me go. Let me know what you guys think about the sort of new batch of rumors. And if you think that the Touch ID sensor being embedded in the power button is something that you could get used to, and if you think that would be a smart move for Apple. As always, find me on social media at Gadget Reason. Leave some comments with the hashtag Gadget Reason Radio so I know that you're coming from the Anchor FM broadcast. Go ahead and leave me some comments and let's get on to the next segment. In some interesting news from Amazon, many news outlets are reporting that Amazon is prepared to launch the Amazon Fire TV edition. This is basically Amazon's answer to the smart TV industry and it's a way to get more people exposed to 4K content. Amazon has a pretty good library of 4K content now, and I'm sure that's only going to continue to grow in the future. And obviously not everyone out there has already upgraded to a 4K TV. Amazon is said to be offering the new TVs, which are coming from a partnership with the TV manufacturer Element in a 43 to 65 inch size with prices ranging from 449 to 899. So that's pretty compelling in the sense that an 899 65 inch television that is 4K capable and has a load of smart TV features thanks to the Amazon Fire integration is a pretty great deal. Now, I would expect that these televisions are probably not going to be the cutting edge and they certainly don't include any HDR features, which I would argue is actually more effective in creating a new TV experience than just simply 4K alone. But for those of you that want to upgrade maybe an older TV that's on its way out, um, getting a TV from Amazon that has 
4K has a plethora of Alexa features and all the features you've come to expect from Amazon Fire, including be able to get access to Netflix, HBO Now, Sling, Spotify, Hulu, all of those other services that we love. It's a pretty compelling offer. So let me know what you guys think. Is this something that you'd be interested in grabbing if you're in the market for a new TV? Or would you hold out for just a more expensive, higher featured television like something from Samsung, LG, or Vizio that has HDR capabilities and any other features you might want? Leave me some comments on social media. Just leave the hashtag Gadget Reason Radio so I know you're coming from a comment based on something you heard here on Anchor FM. Thanks for listening, and I will talk to you guys in the next episode.